Hi, my name is Barry Sterling Mitchell. I produce the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings and the Bias Plus Reports. And this is Ben and Barry on football. Hello out there. This is Ben Dickerson, your co-host. We're just a couple weeks away from the NFL draft. Things are getting very, very interesting watching all the different channels and all the different talking heads in reference to their mock drafts 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, and on and on ad nauseum. Okay. So I decided to do something a little bit different today as a lead up to doing a mock draft. A lead up to doing the mock draft. So this isn't yes. the mock draft. This is Correct. the lead up to the mock draft. Correct. And in fact, I may or may not even do a mock draft because there's a rumor out there that I may be able to get a special guest on, my brother, Donald Dickerson, who is a draft genius, or I'm sorry, let me not overdo it, a draft savant. There you go. I'll go with, okay? <laughs> and if we can get him on the show, believe me, he's far more entertaining when it comes to mock drafts than I am. But I've got a little lead in, so we'll take it from there. Well, uh, you know, in 2021, the mock draft was titled the Dickerson Brothers Mock Correct. Draft in 2021. So, you know, you, you know, I know you, I know you lift weights, but this was a heavy one, right there. You <laughs> might need a little help, you know. Just, uh, uh, get that up there, get that up there. <laughs> but you know, Ben, um, it's a weird time. Uh, there's still some free agent stuff happening, but it's not popping right now. Um, the draft is right before us. There's a couple free agents out there with big time names that still haven't moved yet. Um, and then we have some potential miscellaneous uh, things from Ben and Barry on football. The Facebook page, uh, the Facebook page is um, you know where everybody can go and leave a comment. And, you know, we'll try to include it, you know, uh, in the comments. So um, in the show, rather. But this is the lead in to the 2022 NFL draft. Yes. Which we actually have a graphic. Isn't that amazing? So this is the 87th annual NFL draft. It's the first time in Las Vegas. I'm surprised. This is the 11th different city to host the draft. Of all the cities in America, only 11 of them have ever been so privileged. We had that, that we did it here in Philly, right? Absolutely, out on the parkway. Down on the parkway, people had a great time. Oh, that was one of the best ones I've ever seen. You, did you go down? No, I didn't go. I watched it on television. <laughs> but trust me, that was one of the best produced drafts ever is that the one where my man from the cowboys came out <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah drew drew pearson i think drew pearson had a couple too many drinks before <laughs> it was his time to come out and, and the, the old uh the old cowboy eagle rivalry kind of kicked in oh my thought, goodness he might have thought buddy ryan was in the crowd or something he started <laughs> saying some off the wall stuff and maybe let him have it <laughs> Ooh, Eagle fans gave him the business, and he deserved it. So, ladies and germs, when you're looking at 
draft highlights, make sure you look up Drew Pearson in Philadelphia mm. as a draft highlight because um, it was hilarious. 262 total picks. Uh, I was looking in history, like in all of it, because they used to have those drafts where they had like 17 rounds. <laughs> they used to. It's down to like seven to eight now. Right. But, uh, you know, the guys was known to get drafted in the 15th round, stuff like that. First pick goes to the Jaguars. In your, um, in your little lead-up, do you have something to say about that? I have absolutely nothing to say about that. <laughs> Damn, okay. 12 picks for the Jaguars, the most of any team. I find that to be interesting. My neighbor across the driveway, bless his heart, Frank, I don't know if you're even gonna, ever going to see this video, but he, for some reason, went from being a Steelers fan to a Jaguar fan. What? <laughs> Wait, when, when did that happen? When Mark Brunel was the quarterback? It's been about four or five years now. I'll say no. about that got to be longer than that. That he turned to a Jaguar fan? No, Absolutely. They haven't been crap for a long time. But there was a time that I'm, we're talking about when when Tom Coughlin was the, was the coach. I have. That's the last time they were good. No clue what his thinking is there. That, it was a while ago, bro. <laughs> that was a while ago. But he was, was a Steelers time. fan a while ago is what I'm saying. Well, that, that's fine. I've been here at this house. We've been neighbors for a long, long time. So right. I have to keep that in in uh, uh, um, reference when I'm trying to remember. But in any event, yeah, he Jaguar fan. And he was out in the drive. I said to him, I said, man, so you guys got 100 jazz picks, don't you? What you going to do with Awesome. 12 draft picks, most from any team. I don't know what the record is for a draft uh in terms of that but i can assume that since herschel walker went for 11 like draft picks somebody was up in that area oh, <laughs> either that or whoever got whoever uh got the draft picks for uh my man down in new orleans um ricky williams ricky williams how many draft picks was that ah uh, it was a bunch it was almost double digits. <laughs> I think Mike Mike Ditka actually just gave up his entire draft for Ricky Williams. <laughs> so possible. however many picks they had, it's possible. It's possible. So that that's how crazy the draft is. Um, but so Ben, is this going to be like the um, the Seinfeld show where it's going to be a sh uh, a show about nothing? No, this is going to be no, 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 not at all, not at all. Let so let me let me kind of give everybody a little uh, a little introduction to what I'm about to do. It's nothing real big time, nothing scientific or anything like that. Most of it is going to be opinion based. Most of the things that I say, well, I shouldn't say it's opinion based. They're actually everything I'm going to say is fact based. I use Pro Football Focus, I use uh, NFL.com, and I found another site that I found to be very informative. It's called, uh, what was the name of that? Touchdown Wire is the name of the, of the site, touchdownwire.com. Give me a lot of good information. Uh, I was able to use information on each of the players that I'm going to talk about. Uh, and, and on all three sites, 
There were a lot of things that were said in common. There were a lot of things that were kind of different. There were a few things that were extremely different, which just goes to show how difficult it is to try to do a mock draft when the information that comes out on each individual player varies so much. But in essence, when you attempt to do a mock draft, you have to take into consideration what team you're trying to decide is going to take what player. And part of that, or, or what has a lot to do with that is where that particular team happens to be picking. So if the team has the first pick overall, it's kind of tough, but depending on that team's deficiencies that allowed them to get the first pick overall in the first place, you can kind of figure out who the first pick is going to be. And they kind of let that information out a little bit early because let's face it, it's the first pick overall. Nobody can do anything about it. can't be changed. After that, it starts to become a crapshoot. And you have to start to, again, match up a team's deficiencies and where they're picking with the players that are available for them at the time. Some teams pick for uh, actual need. Some teams pick the best player available or the best talent available, regardless of position. Some teams fluctuate between the two. They'll do one early. In other words, they'll pick for need early and then they'll pick for best player available later on, so on and so forth. So again, this mock draft thing is not an easy deal, all right? And everybody has their opinions. And then you have a guy like your friend Peter Schrager there on um, Good Morning Football who has a little insight on how each team may pick according to some unnamed sources of his who work for or are around people who work for the different franchises. That's nice information to have, but even that does not guarantee. I've seen teams do some what we consider crazy things on draft day. So all I'm going to do is, and today I'm just going to do defense. I'm going to go position by position, and I'm going to rate my rating the top players at each position coming out in this year's draft. Okay. I don't have necessarily a top three or a top five for each position, but the positions that are strongest in this particular draft, they'll have probably five or four entries in my uh, information that I have here. The ones that are probably the weaker positions as far as talent is concerned, such as linebacker, may only have two or three. Okay. So uh, with that being said, and oh, by the way, please, if you watch this and you do not agree with what I have to say as far as this guy at this position is better than this guy, and I know there's going to be a lot of controversy here right off the bat with the first one because I'm doing edge rushers first, and that's one of the strongest defensive positions this year, please hit us up, leave comments, leave your opinions, let me know. We can go back and forth about it, okay? So, all that being said, I'm going to do edge rushers first. At edge rusher, I have a top four. I will start with number four, and I will end up giving you my number one at the end. And I'm going to tell you right off the bat, the number four edge rusher, in my opinion, could actually end up being the best 
of all the edge rushers after this thing is said and done, depending on where he's drafted and what team he's drafted by. That's how close it is as far as talent is concerned with the edge rushers coming out in the draft. But number four, I have Trayvon Walker. He's out of Georgia, six foot five, 275 pounds. Now I'm going to give you a stat along the way here that a lot of people don't pay much attention to, but I think is extremely important when it comes to edge rushers. Number one, at the 40 yard dash, he ran a four, five, one. That's pretty fast for a big old six, five, 275 pound guy. That's really fast. But what's even more important is their 10-yard split. That is, when they run the 40, how fast do they cover the first 10 yards? That tells you a lot about how explosive they are coming off the ball. He was 1.62 seconds in his first 10 yards. He also has a 35-and-a-half-inch arm length, also very important for edge rushers. Now, like I said, he could end up being the best guy out of the bunch, who the heck knows? But he's very strong. He's very fast. He has extremely long arms, like I said. 35 and a half inch arm length is very long. Uh, he plays on the edge and he plays inside in the quote unquote defensive tackle position. He's extremely good against the run. In fact, he's excellent against the run. He really gets knocked off his feet. He creates rush lanes for other guys. He takes on double teams. Now, he does have some limited pass rush skills. In other words, his footwork isn't really great. He does most of what he does off his just strength and power. Um, and he has shown some, shown some trouble working through double teams. But let's remember, and you're going to hear me say this a couple of times, play for Georgia. Georgia had an extremely talented team. So when you're playing with stacked teams sometimes, you're not necessarily needed to be Superman. In other words, if he takes on double teams and he opens up lanes for other guys, they're going to get the sacks. They're going to get all the pressures. He's not, but that doesn't mean that he can't do it. Number three, I have Aiden Hutchinson. If you watch all the football channels on television and listen to sports radio, Aiden Hutchinson is the consensus number one guy, supposedly that's going to be taken by the Jacksonville Jaguars. I have him as the third best, the third best rusher or edge rusher. Now, I'm going to tell you why. He's out of Michigan. He's six foot seven, 265 pounds. He runs a 4.7440. Again, pretty fast for a guy that size. His 10 yard split is the same as Trayvon Walker's, it's 1.62 seconds, but his arm length. It's only 32 inches, a slight deficiency. And he's a finesse rusher. He's not a power rusher. He has great hand technique, okay, fighting off blockers, superior counter moves. Makes a move, blocker makes a move, he counters it with a swim or rip, okay? He has superior counter moves. But he does not have ideal arm length, and he's only average against the run. That's why I don't think he's going to be the, well, I'm sorry. He probably will be the first player taken. It seems like everybody's in love with him. I don't think he's the best edge rusher. Number two edge rusher, Kayvon Thibodeau. Everybody's heard his name. He's been doing a lot of talking on television. He's out of Oregon. Six foot five, 258 pounds, ran a four, five, eight, 40 yard dash. 
very, very fast for a guy that size. And his 10-yard split, 1.59. So the two guys before him ran 1.62. He did 1.59 in his first uh, 10 yards out of his 40. He's got 33-inch arms. He's long. He's strong. He has very violent hands. And he has a very explosive first step. He's a dynamic bull rusher. He's got great upper body strength. He can fight off double teams, but he doesn't possess a lot of moves or hand technique. Like Hutchinson has the great hand technique. Thibodeau ba ba basically just overpowers people, okay? But uh, again, he has enough that I believe he, he's better than Hutchinson coming out. The number one edge rusher in this draft, to me, is Jermaine Johnson. He's out of Florida State. He's 6'5", 262. Ran a 4.5840, very fast for a guy that size. His 10-yard split is the fastest out of the bunch. It's 1.55 seconds. And he's got 34-inch arms, okay? This guy has it all. He's fast. He's strong. He's very agile. He bends really well when he comes around the corner, okay, around the outside of the tackle. He has very violent hands. He sheds blockers very, very well. He collapses the pocket. And he chases down quarterbacks with relentless, relentless pursuit. Um, the only thing with his game is he needs to finish his tackles better against the run. In other words, he's good against the run if he's able to plug the hole and he's able to get the guy. But he sometimes reaches and grabs and stuff uh, when guys are coming through the hole on, on the run. He doesn't really set himself well to make good tackles. Other than that, Jermaine Johnson, I believe, is the number one edge rusher in this draft. Got any questions? You good? You know, for, well, first of all, when you say when, when you say he's grabbing, you know, I'm, I'm from the old school, right? And who who was it? Um, coach for the Packers, the great Vince Lombardi. Grab, grab, grab. <laughs> what did he say? Say it again. Grab, grab, grab. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh my goodness. But as far as I can see from all the information I've read about him and the tape that I've watched, that's his only deficiency. That's why I say he's the best out of the bunch. Now, Thibodeau was the one that that had all of the brash talk about I'm the best. Yes. He also said something relative to you can't really tell me anything about football. Okay, so <laughs> That's that's not a good sign that he's saying something like that. He's probably <laughs> because he's probably saying it because he's frustrated because he's listening and he's on social media too much. When you're a sports figure, when you're a professional ball player, you gotta really, really learn how to control yourself when it comes to to, to, to social media and reading and watching television and listening to stuff because. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry out there is going to have an opinion about your job, okay? Suppose you came home every week when you were working for the phone company and somebody was critiquing how you climbed poles or how you went in people's houses and fixed their phones. Oh, he stepped through the front door with his left foot first instead of his right foot. Uh, he had to go back outside to the truck and get a tool because he forgot to bring it in. Day after day after day after day. You wouldn't like that. Actually, that was kind of what they did. <laughs> Exactly. Except we're talking about we're talking about the entire world. I know. 
Oh, I you know, know what I mean? So he, he's going to have to, to watch, uh, be careful about what he watches and listens to because that's frustration talking, you know? And I don't think he really means that. He's been playing sports long enough to understand what his role is and what a coaching staff's role is, you know? If he's going to be on a team and play team sports, he, he knows that there's going to be a situation where he's going to have to be told what to do, when to do, how to do, you know? That's just, to me, I think that's just frustration talking. But My man on Good Morning Football, what's the brother that, that played with um, the Seahawks and the Niners? Mike Robinson. Mike Robb, yeah, Mike Robb. Mike Robb was like, look, let me just say this. Young man, remain coachable. <laughs> remain, that's like, just be coachable. Right. You'll be all right. You if you're listening I mean? to all the bad stuff, listen to something good. Listen to me. This is something smart. Pay attention. You have to remain coachable. Well, you know, it, when when you say that, I don't know if you if you get a chance to look at our um, YouTube page, but that's one of the one of the uh, sayings from uh, Coach Madden. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, pay attention. <laughs> you know what I mean? He had about three or four rules, and that was it. He was known for not having a lot of rules. Be on yeah. time. Pay had to attention. be on time. You had to practice hard. You had to you had you had to be on time. You had to practice and pay attention, and you had to play your ass off in the games. That's that was pretty much it. Yeah, that was that's pretty it. much it. <laughs> so that's that's what I got. Okay, so we have done the edge rushers, eh? One through four. Just give me just one through four one more time. One through four edge rushers. I mean rushers. four through one. Four through one, number four, Trayvon Walker, who a lot of teams really love and will probably go early in the first round for his physical skills. Okay, number three, Aiden Hutchinson. Most, uh, most teams think he's probably the best. He's been doing it the longest. I think he was like a three or four year starter. His father played at Michigan. It's, you know, he's got all the, all the, you know, the credentials and all that. Kayvon Thibodeau, explosive physical specimen. And Jermaine Johnson, who I believe is also an explosive physical specimen, that's it right there. I like wow. Jermaine Johnson best out of all of them. Jermaine Johnson. All right. Who's up next? Up next, we have interior defensive linemen, or as some people like to call them, defensive tackles. Um, whichever way you want to go, doesn't matter to me. I only have three. There's probably only about four or five that will go in the first couple of rounds. A lot of these guys will get picked in the later rounds, but these guys are pretty much head and shoulders above all the rest at their particular position. So that's why I only have three. Uh, who I'm going to start with, and you're going to hear this team name a lot. First guy I got is Devontae Wyatt, and he's out of, yep, Georgia. You're going to hear Georgia a lot. Georgia's team was stacked this year, okay? Devontae Wyatt, 6'3", 307 pounds, runs a 4'7", 740, and I have an arm length uh, uh, stat for all these guys, too, because they're defensive linemen, so they have to use their hands a lot. They have to use their arms a lot. They have to reach out and grab, try to get quarterbacks, try to stop running backs. So that's very important. His arm length is only 32.5 inches or 32 and a half inches. Now, he's got elite footwork. His hand technique and his counter moves are very, very good. So he's good with his hands. He's good with lateral movement. He's good jumping from one gap to the other. He's equally talented versus the run. 
and pass rushing, but he's going to need to develop more power to play in the NFL. Now, again, I have him as the third best guy, but he's obviously still very good because of his technique and his footwork, but he's not really that big. 6'3", 307 is not that big to play inside. He's kind of, he's almost like a tweener. Like he's not quite uh, the right size and speed to play on the outside on the edge. And he's a little smallish to be a defensive tackle, uh, especially with his height and his arm length. But he's got all the heart. He's got the IQ. And again, he's got the footwork. So he should get drafted fairly high, at least second round, if not first. The number two guy is Travis Jones. This guy's out of UConn. You don't hear too much about UConn when it comes to football. 6'5", 333 pounds. A lot bigger than the other guy, right? Ran a 4.9240. Not quite as fast, but he's got good size, good arm length. He's 34 and a quarter inches with his arm length. Now, this guy is very powerful at the point of attack, and he has the strength to control and shed blockers. Very, very important when you're an inside defensive lineman. Um, the funny thing about this guy is, it's not funny, but you know what I mean? Uh, he, he wasn't able to really showcase how good he probably can be because of the lack of talent around him. Like I said, he played at UConn. They're not known for football. I think they only won five games this past season. Um, but that lack of talent around him was a gift and a curse. So he had to be dominant versus the run because of the lack of talent around him. And he showed that he could do that. Like I said, he took on double teams. He was able to shed blocks. He's very good with his hands. He's a powerfully built guy. Uh, like I said, 333 pounds. Uh, unfortunately, he wasn't able to get a lot of pass rush opportunities because teams were able to stay on the ground against them quite a bit. You know what I mean? And then they probably doubled him when they did throw. And without much help, you know, from the other players on the line, he wasn't able to showcase what he can do. But the guy has the physical skills to be able to be a good defensive lineman in the NFL, he will probably get drafted pretty high just because of his physical skills. Ah, I got the number one guy here, and yeah, he's from Georgia. Again, Jordan Davis. Listen to this guy. Six foot six, 341 pounds, and he ran a 4.78 40-yard dash, and he's got 34-inch arm length at that 34 35 inch arm length even 33 and a half that's pretty that's pretty good arm length if he's if one arm is 34 inches then his wingspan i don't know you do the math but he's going to be tough to get around he is a dominant dominant run stopper he has great hand technique and strength so a lot of guys have just strength they want to bull you they want to try to throw you around and then there's got there's those guys that have what we call hand technique, where they can slap your hands away when you try to block them. They can get you with the swim move. They can get you with the rip. They can throw you. You know, remember Reggie White used to have the hump move where he'd give you the forearm and knock you out of the way. That's, that's great hand technique. <laughs> Those things are important. So this guy has both the strength and the great hand technique. He can fight through double teams. Single guy can't block him. 
Uh, yeah, he's he's rarely, in fact, he's rarely blocked by one person. This guy ate up double teams his whole senior year. Um, and on top of that, I looked at a lot of tape on this guy. He rarely got knocked to the ground. This is a powerful dude here. Now, his pass rush skills are a little bit lacking, but he has the size and he has the physical, the physical traits to improve. So again, here's a guy that's real close to being the complete package. And because of his physical tools, he will probably be the first interior defensive lineman taken, in my opinion, simply because of what he's got and what it looks like he may possess as far as his size and his other physical traits are concerned. They're going to make him into a great D tackle. That's all I got for the uh, defensive line. Just three Um, guys. Hmm. You know, linemen is, it's a whole nother thing, man. And um, when we did the uh, franchise tag, we were surprised at how much a good lineman was making in the end. Absolutely. Huh? Absolutely. Man, so that's not bad at all. That's not bad at all. All right, let's go here. Let's see. So that's edge rushers and linemen. And just to give me a three linemen again, three. Number three, Devontae Wyatt from Georgia. Number two, Travis Jones from UConn. And number one, Jordan Davis from Georgia. Jordan from Georgia. All right. All right. That's awesome. That's awesome. I can't talk much about the lineman. I didn't do that kind of homework. But I will say, Ben, you have the potential for a career as a Madden Raider. You know? (laughs) A Madden Raider. That's the last job I want. No, I'm just kidding. That actually, I think I would enjoy that. You know, let me tell you. But you know know my outlook on on things as far as how they do those ratings is concerned is a little bit different probably from uh, the normal way of thinking, but that uh, might be true, but categorically there's a lot of similarities, a lot of, you know, yeah, connections yeah. there. That's you know true. what I mean? That's true. I can see That's Ben true. now. Do I give him a 95 or 96 speed rating? <laughs> so, okay. Okay. <laughs> fantastic. We got linemen. These guys are big. They're strong. They're running. What, you know, and it's funny when you were talking about what these guys run. We talked mm-hmm. last week about uh, uh, Jameis Winston. And I remember saying that coming out of college, he ran a 4 9. Right. Now, how long ago was that? Four, five, six years now since Jameis has been out? At least, I don't know, like that. six or seven. So four or five years ago, he ran a, a 4 9. Right. These linemen are coming out running. <laughs> Four sevens, bro. Four sevens, four eights. <laughs> yeah, it's it's scary. It's scary. All right, there you go. Um, that's why they pay these guys so much money. All right, who's up next? Okay, so now we go to a position that's very near and dear to your heart. That would be the linebackers. Now, again, this is not a draft that will be heavy with extremely talented linebackers. But I picked out who I thought were the top three who have a chance to go in the first or second round. Uh, Probably maybe one of them will go in the first round, depending on a particular team's need. And then the other two, I'm sure, will be uh, early to intermediate second round guys. 
But uh, that being said, here we go. <laughs> and let me just tell you ahead of time, all three of them are from Georgia. Now, <laughs> before people think I'm just a Georgia guy and I'm leaning toward Georgia, I'm telling you, I looked at a lot of players at all these different positions. I looked up information. I listened to stuff on television. I looked at tape, okay? These, in my opinion, are the three best linebackers coming out in this draft, and they all play for Georgia. So here we go. First guy, Quay Walker, 6'4", 240. This is not a deal tackle. This is a linebacker, 6'4", 240, ran a 4.52 in the 40-yard dash. 33-inch arms, that rivals some of those defensive linemen. And I took another stat for linebackers, their vertical. This guy's got a 32-inch vertical. Not bad. Pretty athletic. He's instinctive, and he's very quick while he's working around in the box area. That's in between the tackles, okay? He's an extremely good tackler, but he needs some work in coverage. So this is, guy, this is a guy that's like inside linebacker, middle linebacker type, okay? He's going to read the box. He's going to shoot the gaps. He's going to stop the run. That seems to be his specialty. If he gets drafted by a team that's going to need him to cover, he's going to have to get better at that. Other than that, as a run stopper, this guy's pretty good. Number two, Channing Tindall, 6'2", 232, I'm sorry, 6'2", 230 pounds. Um, this guy, whoo, oh boy, this guy ran a 447, okay? We have receivers that we'll talk about next week that didn't run a 447. All right, 33-inch arm length, 42-inch vertical. Amazing athlete. He's got above-average sideline-to-sideline speed. This guy can really move, man. And when he's in pursuit of the ball, he's relentless. Non-stop motor. This cat can really go, man. Again, though, not great in coverage. But he has the physical tools to improve. So again, depending on what team picks him and how they coach him up, they can make this guy a complete player. But he's already got tremendous physical skills. The number one linebacker coming out, in my opinion, this year, and the one that has a chance to get drafted in the first round by somebody is Nakobe Dean. Again, from Georgia, just like the other two guys are. Six feet tall. Not as tall as the other guys. 225 pounds. Not as big as the other guys. Ran a 4.5240. Not as fast as the other guys. Well, one guy ran 4.52, the other guy ran 4.47. So he equaled one. He's a little slower than the other. 32-inch arm length. Arms aren't as long as the other guys. And he's got a 32-inch vertical. So that's 10 inches less than the guy I picked at number two. But this guy has superior instincts and football IQ. Not only was his tape impressive, but everybody that I read that wrote about him says the same thing. This guy has, he's, he's a natural. He's a natural at the position. Even though he's a little on what people would call the short side, he's kind of, he's kind of, um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say stumpy, but you know what I mean? He's, he's, he's not a big lean guy. He's, he's kind of a squatty guy as far as size is concerned, but he's so smart and he knows his way around the field so well, it hardly makes a difference. He's rarely caught out of position. He runs through ball carriers and has good timing and burst when he blitzes. So those things might make up for what he lacks in stature, but when you got a great football IQ, it, it can make up for a lot of things. He covers backs out of the backfield pretty well, okay? So 4.52 is not slow in the 40, all right? He can run with backs, and he has pretty good cover skills when it comes to that. How he is with tight ends and all, I'm not quite so sure. And uh, he's not real great in lateral pursuit. So again, this looks more like an inside linebacker, uh, middle linebacker type of guy who can stop the run. He might not be able to get to the sideline to stop outside runs and sweeps, as well as um, Channing Tindall, the guy I picked at number two. But he's got all the other tools. He's a smart player. Uh, he will be an asset to whatever team decides to pick him. That's N'Kobe Dean. So top three linebackers. Number three, Quay Walker. Number two, Channing Tindall. Number one, N'Kobe Dean. All three of them from the University of Georgia. Wow. Okay. All right. I mean, you know. So all the things that they're lacking, but you put all three of them on the field at the same time, <laughs> you got everything covered. Yeah. I, I, I think <laughs> when you were talking about N'Kobe Dean, the short squat, you mentioned yes. about his ability to cover tight ends in the current environment of uh, the NFL, that could be a major uh, yes, it could. Yes, it could. What will happen is, in, in a situation like that, if he's really challenged covering tight ends, who are all going to be way bigger than him, okay, is he could be a two-down linebacker. You know what I'm saying? A guy that gets pulled on third down. I was also thinking, would he fit better in a three-down, uh, a three-man um, defense? Three-four. As far as what, like a nose guard? No, uh, one of the linebackers, but he, he'd have a little more linebacker-type help. Well, yeah, okay, so if he runs a 3-4, I, I did say that. I said either middle linebacker or an inside linebacker. So if he plays inside linebacker, he's either going to play the Will or the Sam, which is the weak side or the, the strong side uh, on the inside. And I believe the strong side guy is usually the guy that plays the run. The weak side guy is usually the guy that covers the tight end, and then you got the two outside guys that do the pass rushing. So, yes, if he played in a 3-4, he would probably be basically designated as the run stopper. Not bad, not bad. All right, linebacker. So, Penn State's not linebacker you anymore. It's now Georgia. No, it's, it looks like it's Georgia. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it looks like it's Georgia. <laughs> Yo, it's crazy. Georgia's like athlete you. It doesn't matter what position it is. It's crazy. All right, so that handles that there. Okay, who's up next? So next, I was going to do corners and then safeties. But I'm going to do safeties first because I think there's only, in my opinion, there's only three safeties that I think are going to be impact enough to get picked early in the draft. 
But the corner situation is a heck of a lot different. And I only picked three, I'm sorry, four corners to talk about. There's going to be a bunch of good corners coming out. But once I started looking at everybody's information and the, the, my eyes started getting blurry from looking at all the film, I figured, you know what? I could go with six to eight guys. That's how close they are. So I'm just going to try to hold it to the top four. But let me do safeties first. Number three, out of Baylor, Jalen Petrie. Okay? He's six feet tall, 197 pounds, runs a 4.46. Okay? Not bad size for safety. Not bad at all. He's got real good football IQ, great instincts, can cover backs and tight ends in space. He's a heat-seeking missile in run support. This dude is an awesome tackler. Might need a little work in coverage, but he has done it. He played at Baylor, so that's the, what, the Southwest Conference? So that's pretty much a passing conference. So um, he's had some experience covering. But again, he's a safety. So a lot of times I think he was used to coming downhill, stopping the run, um, you know, run support and, so, and stuff like that. And that, that's what he's really, really good at. Uh, now, his, his lack of size is only six feet tall. And his speed, which is 446, which is not great for safety, that might translate to him becoming a slot corner. So again, sometimes these things depend on what team picks you, the outlook that they have for you, how they coach you up, how they decide to, to use you, okay? His cover skills are not bad, even though he doesn't have blazing speed, but he doesn't have great size. So he's probably best suited for short to intermediate type cover stuff. I don't think he'll be playing a lot of man, he'll be, he'll be, hopefully he gets picked by a team that runs a lot of different zone schemes where they can use him as a free safety or they can bring him down and put him in the box or they can play him as a slot corner. But that's where I see him going. Number two, Lewis Seen. And I had to figure out how this guy pronounced his name because it's spelled C-I-N-E. But his name is Lewis Seen. And he's from, oh, look at this, Georgia. <laughs> okay, 6'1", 200 pounds, 43740. Yeah, this cat is a blazer. Big time downhill hitter that plays way bigger than his actual size. So 6'1", 200 is more like a corner, okay, size-wise. This guy is fast. He's not afraid of anything. He terrorizes in run support, comes downhill, makes smashing hits, probably hits that, uh, I don't know, he was able to get away with him in college. I don't know if he'll be able to get away with those crazy kind of hits in the pros unless he puts some more weight on. But uh, he's pretty fluid in zone coverage, gets his hips around pretty well, uh, but he has trouble in man coverage, especially if he has to cover man downfield. So that could be a problem. See, so regardless of how fast he is, okay, and regardless of how fluidly he moves, sometimes if somebody gets a step on him and he's playing man, they can take him upfield. He has been beaten on some deep routes in his college career. So that's something to look at. But other than that, a great athlete 
and again, a terror against the run. And the number one guy everybody's heard about, seen, and knows, and that's Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. You know, Notre Dame football is on television quite a bit. Um, and this guy's got really good size. He kind of stands out on the field when you watch him. He's 6'4", weighs 220. And I just heard a guy say today that when you look at him, he looks like he weighs about 190, but he actually weighs 220. And some scouts are saying that this guy can probably put another 10 pounds on and carry it really well. He's not a speed burner. He runs a 4.59 in the 40, but again, tremendous size. He has great ball skills. He knows how to break on the ball. He knows how to knock balls down. He gets picks. He knows how to break passes up. He knows how to jump in the passing lanes. He has wonderful, wonderful playmaking ability. Uh, he has the versatility to play free or strong. He can play press man coverage on most tight ends. He's got the size to play most tight ends um, with no problem, actually. Uh, he does not hesitate and run supports. He hits like crazy. Uh, he doesn't have great speed, like I said, but that leads to giving up some long runs sometimes when he's, you know, in pursuit of plays. Sometimes he can get outrun because he just doesn't have real blazing speed. But like I said, the main thing is he can hit. He has the size to cover tight ends. He's really smart. He seems to always take the right angle to the play. Gets a lot of knockdowns, a lot of disruptions, 50-50 balls. Just really great playmaking ability. So that was, that's what makes him number one for me. That's Kyle Hamilton. So again, number three guy, Jalen Petrie out of Baylor. Number two guy, Lewis Seen out of Georgia. And the number one safety, Kyle Hamilton. And he's the one that will probably be taken early in the first round, Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. When you said, when you talked about Kyle, um, although he's, uh, he, I thought about Richard Sherman. Yes. And that height. And Richard Sherman might not have been the fastest. But I used to say, in order to, to beat him deep, you had to throw the ball an extra five yards because of his height. Mm -hmm. You know, it would be so high up. Like, you couldn't just put it on a dime. Right. Because he could cover all of that. So you had to throw it over all of that height and drop it, you know, right. for the receiver to really beat him deep. It was a different pass, you know. So if you didn't have that arm, uh, it could be a problem because <clears throat> he knew how to play the ball. So that's an interesting, um, I guess, comp <laughs> in my mind anyway. So, okay, fantastic. Safety, safety, safeties. And you save the best. Well, I'm not going to say the best, but you save this a serious group here. This is the last, strongest. Right? Yeah, besides the edge rushers, this is probably the strongest group uh, talent-wise uh, coming out uh, in this draft on the defensive side of the ball, and that is cornerback. Um, Cornerbacks ran some crazy 40 times in the combine, if I remember. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. And uh, they can hear that. Yeah, well, um, all these guys ran pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I only picked four. There, I think I'm missing one guy that had like a really dynamic 40-yard time, but I also have one here that had a really good 40 die. 
uh, 40 time. Um, but the other guys, I just feel like they're just overall more skillful than the rest. So that's why I picked four. So my number four guy, and believe me, nothing lacking about this guy. He comes from what used to be called DB University, and that's the University of Florida. And that's uh, Kair Elam. Kair Elam, he's out of Florida. He's 6'2", 196 pounds. He ran a 4'3", 40. And I believe I was watching the combine when this dude ran. We may have even texted each other when this guy ran, if I'm remembering correctly. 439, this cat was, he was getting it. He was getting it. This kid's fast. Okay. And 6'2, 196 is like, that's kind of the prototypical size that you kind of want right now uh, in a corner. You know, the, the little short, super fast guys aren't really getting it anymore because you have so much variety in the size of these wide receivers nowadays <clears throat> that you want a guy that's got some pretty good size on him as well as being fast. So like I said, he's got the prototypical size, length, and speed. He's got very fluid hips, which means he can get in and out of his back pedal, change direction. Uh, he's got very good patience in man coverage, which means he rarely gets beat on double moves. In other words, he stays in his back pedal really long because he knows that he can flip his hips and turn and run at the last minute and still keep up with people he has the ability to do that and like i said he rarely gets beat on double moves now he's very physical defending sideline routes you know 6'2 196 ain't small okay he wins consistently on 50 50 balls so this guy works hard and fights for the ball when it's in the air he is not shy. He's extremely physical. He depends on his speed a little bit too much, though. And sometimes he allows receivers to eat up his cushion. And even though he can get out of his back pedal and turn and run, he can get beat deep. So, again, some of these guys fall in love with their physical attributes. And, you know, you're making the switch from college to the NFL, and you're going to find out that, you know, there's no William and Mary, there's no Vanderbilt, there's no, you know what I mean? Every week you're playing somebody that's really good, and every week you're playing wide receivers that are really good, really tall, really fast, really good route runners. So there's no downtime in the NFL. So he's going to have to start um, really shoring up his footwork a little bit and not just dependent on his physical skills. Um, also, he does. He shows up a little late in run support. He's not a very willing tackler. That's not good either. Yeah, that's not good. But, you know, if any position can get away with that, it's corner. So, you know what I mean? If you can cover and you can get picks and you don't tackle very well, they'll kind of give you a pass on that. So he's kind of in that category. Now, if this doesn't get people to call me on the phone, text me, Hit us up on Facebook, put comments underneath this YouTube video. I don't know what will. My number three guy is Derek Stingley. Derek Stingley out of LSU is probably the consensus number one corner coming out or close to it. I have him at number three. I'm going to tell you why. Number one, he's six foot one. 195 pounds, ran a 4 4 7 
40-yard dash. Again, excuse me, prototypical size and speed. This kid's got great footwork. He has a very low, very smooth back pedal. Looks real good in his back pedal, okay? Plays press man and zone coverage equally well. He's got speed. He's got very fluid hips. He changes direction extremely quickly. He has all the tools. Here's the problem. He's only played in 10 games over the last two seasons because of injuries. That's not good. It kind of puts the little injury bug or the little injury tag over his head. But again, he's so good and his skills are so profound that it's not going to stop him from being picked early in the first round. I just have a little caveat, you know what I mean? Because he's only gotten in 10 games in the last two seasons because of injury. Also, he's very disappointing in run support. He is not a willing tackler either. You said disappointing? <laughs> disappointing. In other words, if the guy's running right at him, oh, he'll tackle him. <laughs> but if the guy's running and somebody's chasing him, you know what I mean? That's run support. I got to take the outside away. Maybe somebody's trying to block me. Oh, he blocked me. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. There go number three, right? There go number three. <laughs> number two is a guy that a lot of people may not know about unless you stay up late and watch the Pac-12, and that is Trent McDuffie out of the University of Washington. Trent McDuffie, I believe, is going to end up being a better pro corner than Derek Stingley. Here's why. 5'11", 195 pounds, 4-4-4 in the 40. Very aggressive, very competitive. He has the tools to excel at press man coverage and the elite body control and foot quickness to play zone. Basically, he plays press man coverage just as well as he plays zone. He has the skills to do both. He's tenacious in run support and an extremely good tackler. Now, he does have below average size and length, so that might pose a problem in man coverage versus big receivers in the NFL. But he's got the speed, and he's not light in the pants. He's 195. I think this kid is going to be special. I really do. Trent McDuffie. And number one, and anybody who knows me already knew who I was going to pick number one, and I pray every night before I go to bed, that the Giants make this guy their first pick. That is Ahmad Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati. Six foot three, 200 pounds, four, four, one in the 40. He's long, he's lean, he's super competitive, and he's super confident in himself. He punches and flurries and press coverage. So if he presses you on the line, receiver, you're not coming off clean. You better have some kind of little cha-cha step or something to get you off the line because he's going to throw like seven jabs at you as soon as you as soon as the ball gets snapped. He attacks passing lanes with a very quick burst when he's in zone coverage. 
Uh, he wins more times than not on 50-50 balls. So if he's on you, he's on you like glue. And if it's a 50-50 ball, he's got just as good a chance of coming down with it as the ball carrier, as the receiver does. In fact, he sometimes has a better chance because of how he can control and contort his body. He also is a very willing tackler. He catches and grabs a lot, but he's super aggressive. And uh, the only thing that I can think of that he could probably do better is work on his footwork a little bit. He's just such a tremendous athlete that he just decides what he wants to do and he can just do it. You know what I mean? So he could be a little bit more technical as far as his backpedal and, and things like that. But other than that, this guy's going to be a super good player, probably the best corner in the NFL within a couple of years. They'll be naming him along with Jalen Ramsey and those other guys. So that's Ahmad Sauce Gardner. So again, number four, Kair Elam out of Florida. Number three, Derek Stingley, LSU. Number two, Trent McDuffie out of Washington. Remember that name? So when you hear it called, you remember Ben told you so, and Ahmad Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati. That's my top four corners coming out in this year's draft. Went with the sauce, eh? Yes, sir. Went with the sauce. Hey, you know, um, I like it when when you, some of these things that you talk about, like, you know, the technique could be a little better, et cetera, et cetera. Because, I mean, the, the ta talent is talent. You know, the, the, that can't be coached. But these, you know, these little uh, improvements and technique and stuff, you add that to the talent. Yes. And they become, you know, very competitive players in the NFL, you know, with long careers. So glad to hear that little coaching, he can be even better. You know, because all the other things are in place for sauce. All right, sir. Fantastic job. Fantastic job. You know, I'm not going to even try to um, have anything beyond that. Um, I'm going to say to you, do you have any last words? <laughs> cool. <laughs> Go nose. <laughs> Good stuff.